Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. Hi, I'm Zach Thomas of the Miami Dolphins. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Mercury Morris. Tom Vigarito. This is Don Strzok. Don Nottingham. Hey, this is A.J. Dewey. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Dr. Zamp. Nineteen seventy two undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician, Briscoe. This is Mark Ingram and Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. <laughs> Join us now as we talk Dolphins football. Or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello, and I am joined alongside Rich Van Zant. As the Miami Dolphins conclude their Sunday night primetime uh, victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the 1972 Dolphins and uh, take their record to 4-3 and three by the score of 16-10, to 10, they win again on Sunday night, and it's uh, certainly... A big victory in a lot of different ways, which we'll get into. Um, I know that uh, there's, you know, some criticism uh, of, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a lackluster performance in certain parts, but um, I think you have to look at this uh, on a whole, and I think you cannot underestimate the entirety of this win um, because I think that this was a pivotal game which was going to dictate a lot of where this Dolphins season went after this. Of course, Tua uh, comes back after his uh, long hiatus and uh, starts and, and, and let's just say wins because I know that there's, you know, some sentiment that he was rusty and, and, and uh, you know, um, maybe didn't look great. I, I think he did look great. And the reason why I say you think he did look great is because what the man's been – under for the last three weeks plus, you know, with everybody uh, eyeing him um, to come onto that field and start and score a touchdown on the opening drive and to have some of the physical runs, albeit maybe not, uh, you know, uh, maybe not the smartest ways that he should have done that, but I think to to do all that and, and get out scot-free um, is fantastic for him and for the Dolphin organization. You can obviously see that there's a, a big difference when he's in the lineup. Um, so we have a lot of things to discuss uh, as far as that goes. Um, let's go through our, our, our rundown as usual. So two has 21 for 35, 261 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Mustert was the uh, leading rusher. Uh, and, and he has 16 for 79. Tua also had 15 yards rushing in four attempts on the ground, which I was referring to. Waddle was your leading receiver. He had four catches for 88 yards. Tyreek Hill, seven for 72. Trent Sherfield had a big, uh, I guess, performance, three for 44 yards, and uh, certainly made his presence known. And, and Mustard uh, also had... Um, four catches for 30 yards, and, and he had that one touchdown. So, um, you know, that that was certainly big. Uh, from the other side of the ball, 
uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, 32 for 44, 257, had the one touchdown, and he had three interceptions. Najee Harris was their leading rusher, 17 for 65. Pat Fairmont, uh, 8 for 75, was the leading uh, receiver. And then uh, Deontay Johnson, 5 for 42, and Chase Claypool, 5 for 41, were the other two uh, receivers, respectfully. So uh, that's the breakdown of the stats. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, the interceptions of the Dolphins defense, which is banged up, we're going to talk about. Uh, one interception by Bethel, one interception by Javon Holland, and then, of course, the monster interception to end the game by Noah Iguignogany. And uh, that was, uh, you know, how how that basically uh, transpired out there. And uh, Jalen Phillips also had a sack and a half, and Wilkins had uh, the other half of that sack. So um, very, very big plays on defense at pivotal times. And uh, the only sad note I would uh, – or not so great note, Rich, is that Brandon Jones uh, uh, looks like he's heading to the IR from that knee injury, which does not look good at all. So an already depleted secondary now uh, loses another one. But um, on a whole, Rich, I, maybe I'm a little bit more, you know, uh, excited about this. But, uh, you know, this was, a, this was a huge win in the sense that this really was a, a pivotal game. They, they lose this game, which they've lost many times in this season, with the way the other AFC teams are playing, could get real nasty quick. Yeah, it was a must-win game, but I wasn't really thrilled about the second half. You know, you, you can't, I mean, you're not going to win many games scoring 16 points and, and not scoring in the second half at all. You know, and that, this is not getting over the goal line a few times, the, the moronic, not taking the field goal to go by nine points. And, you know, and just like the inability to, like, get drives that, you know, of any substance in the second half was ridiculous, you know. I mean, we're just lucky we're, we were playing an inferior team, but we almost let that game get away. You know, that's one thing yeah. I don't like. I mean, obviously, I'm very happy we won. I mean, we needed that win, but uh, you know, I wasn't really thrilled about the performances. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that. Uh, first off, you know, the, you, you know you're not going to win many games. So you, I mean, you're not going to have to. You know, every game is different. I think you have to take every game differently. You seem to, to uh, you know, put up six touchdown passes in Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, every game is going to be different. Um, and so you, I, I don't think you, you look at it like that um, with the, the 16 points. It is what it is. Now, I, granted, you're lucky so you're playing like, Kenny Pickett. Like the first you know, the first three drives, you know, it looks like we were going to, like, you know, just, you know, have our way with this team, you know. And yes. it could have gone up 21 nothing to begin with. Yes. And then after that, it seemed like there was – we weren't even sniffing the end zone after that. It was ridiculous. No, I, you know? I, I, think, I think certainly Mike McDaniel's worst game um, – you know, we're not, and, and hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll learn from that. But I think that that not taking that three points to go up nine uh, was a major turning point, and I think it affected the offense as well. Um, and and things yeah, started he, to get he real still. Made two mistakes on that one. He made the mistake of going for it, and then he made the mistake of that play. I mean, you know, it was a big mistake well, yeah. going for it, but then to run the ball up the middle from a shotgun with with the, the with the running back who's struggling. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I, I I think you're right on both accounts there. I didn't like the play call, and I certainly didn't like uh, the the rationale to go for that there. I think they were both uh, bad mistakes. And the personnel, you know, and who you know who was running that play? 
you know, he's, let's, you know, Chase Edmonds, big, 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 big disappointment. You know, this was supposed to be like our, our big free agent signing. What a, what a bust so far he's been. Well, he started out strong. And it's gone the other way in the last three games. I mean, he started out, you know, where he was really showing something, at least catching the ball out of the backfield. Now that has seemed to uh, disintegrate to where he's benched at the end of of the Jet game and, and, you know, certainly uh, uh, not uh, where you'd want him to be uh, at this point. Um, I will say, though, that I think that uh, on a whole, um, when you look for – uh, you know, where their offense was able to do things, um, you know, it seemed like their offensive line starting to get a little bit more cohesive. Um, obviously, Armstead comes back, but, you know, there's still some injuries there, and, and I thought that they kind of held their own uh, much more than they had. Um, don't You know, listen, I understand. You know, you know, you're playing a rookie Kenny Pickett. If you're playing a really good uh, um, quarterback, you know, in that situation, you're probably going to lose that game. I got that. But, you know, like I said, I take game by game. And for, you know, for this situation, it's not so much that I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at it more from the fact that, you know, you had a quarterback that's been out and you don't know what direction you're going. You've lost quarterbacks back to back, backup quarterbacks each week. So I looked at it from that standpoint. And then obviously Flores, um, you know, and the Steelers, you know, coming to play, uh, it's never an easy task. And, um, you know, so when I look at the whole of just getting out of there with Tua healthy, and I, and I was more than happy with what I saw out of him. The rustiness, I'm sure, is going to be fine. That's the last of my concern. Um, so that that's where I come from as far as, you know, the excitement of just that, if you want to call it excitement. I mean, I just, I just think that uh, the way the rest of this division is shaping up and playing um, to be four and three at this point. I mean, that's a 500 game, right? So three and four, you're in a much different boat right now. And as you, you know, you have, you're staring down a, a part of the schedule. To be quite honest with you, you know, is. is uh, more than feasible, right? I mean, you're going to Detroit next, and then you're at Chicago and Cleveland. I, I, I know they're not easy games and by any stretch, but, you know, when you look at the schedule on the most part, I mean, this is a little bit of a, a soft spot in the schedule where, you know, you can certainly keep yourself in the hunt, respectively in the hunt, you know, for a while here. That's where Absolutely. I'm coming from with that. Yeah, um, yeah I agree with you. You know, if me and you are going X's and O's and we're breaking down this game, and yeah, there's a lot of things that obviously need improvement. And, uh, and, and you know, that defense is a very banged-up defense, and now we're even more banged up with the loss of, of, of Brandon Jones. So that's a part that, you know, you say, you know, can't score 16. Um, I think giving up 10 is, is, is very, very good. Uh, when you look at where they're at injury-wise, you know. So I'm happy with that side of the ball for the most part. I think they yeah, came I up with big plays when they needed to. Our other Jones, I heard very bad news about. Like It's like his Achilles injury is not responding at all. Now, this like, is the guy, I mean, we play. thought was coming back any week, right? I mean, we've been waiting for him to yeah. come back any week, and now and now it's, it's looking like it's not going to happen? Yeah, it doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. 
It's like it said his Achilles injury is not responding correctly. You know, the surgery he had. That's all the now, is this something out of nowhere? Because, like, li- you know, literally, like, two weeks ago, it was like, you know, week to week. We might see him back. Yeah, it was, it was, week, it was week to week. They thought he was going to be back to a training camp originally. And um, it's just, you know, he's having setbacks. And must be like a recent major setback, right? Because from what you're saying yeah, now, so. yeah. it's not looking like any time soon. Oh, break, breaking news: Steve Mariucci is going over the Packers schedule. He has the Packers beating us a week sixteen. I don't know where he's getting that from. <laughs> week sixteen. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if the Packers are beating anybody week 16 the way they're playing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's, got that, he's, got, he's very sure of himself. <laughs> I think that's actually a Christmas Day game. It is. I think you were playing yeah. the Packers Christmas Day, I think. Yeah, you're, but, correct. Uh, you're correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, we, we certainly uh, criticize him uh, enough that I just want to make sure – you know, uh, that this at least will be Noah Ibnogany's time to shine because that was obviously a huge interception um, to win the game there and uh, and certainly sweating that out. And another issue is after the Holland uh, interception, that game should have been iced then. So just the fact oh. that we have to watch that come down because they what couldn't a, what, what kill terrible, that clock. What a terrible uh, array of play calls. That was to try to ice that game, and then, <laughs> and then you pass the ball on third down and stop the clock for them, and you basically yeah. took like ten seconds off the clock, and you gave them the ball right yeah. back. It was, I it know, was it ridiculous. was really bad. It was ridiculous, and uh, the play yeah. like that, you know, there should have been a guy wide open for a play like that, and I thought I saw a tight end there. Uh, it just was terrible all the way around, and uh, yeah. so, like you said, and then to have to. Basically, uh, you know, uh, sweat this sweat thing out. out. Ridiculous. Yeah. It was crazy. And I'll tell you something. you got to give Noah all the credit in the world getting his feet down. But what were the refs looking at when they were saying that was out of bounds? What, you were right there. How could you think that was out of bounds? Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I saw that inbounds right from, right from the jump. I, I thought he got that. But there's two guys standing there that are calling it out of bounds. I mean, you got to be kidding me. What could you see that we did, we missed there, right? Well, I, you just got to shake your head sometimes with these guys. But the play on the field was called an interception, though, right? It wasn't overturned. Well, I think weren't they arguing with each other? Well, they, they were talking back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were doing the that, but I, I signaled out. The one guy signaled yeah, well, out that was the closest. Yeah, maybe. You know? But um, yeah. But I think that they ultimately did call it a, an interception and then review it to stay. I think that's that's how it went. Um, well, they, they but, did review it, remember that. They did review it, but it was because it was under two minutes. You know, it was all about Well, they have to review it. They have to review it. Yeah, every right. turnover is reviewed. It, right. Is every turnover reviewed, or I thought it's, you have to challenge that? No, every turnover is reviewed automatically, and uh, okay. and under two minutes it would have been an automatic review uh, right. anyway. Um, but, yeah, but it wasn't um, like boom, boom. They, they took a while on that one, remember? It yeah, was, oh, was, yeah. Well, well, it is the game, so, uh, you know, understandable. Um, but, yeah, no, no doubt about it. It, it was it was a really nice interception, and uh, yeah. obviously it iced the game. 
Um, and so, you know, we, we go from there. Um, now, you know, this Dolphin defense, I mean, uh, you're going to see a lot more of that because you're going to see, obviously, uh, now Rowe is going to have to step up in Brandon Jones' place. You're going to see yes. him there. And Igmanogany is obviously going to be your starting, you know, right corner. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's going to be a little difficult. Um, let's hope these guys can settle in there. Should be okay, but losing Needham and Jones back-to-back, you know, That's certainly good. not what you would want, no. And now with the bad news you give with the other Jones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. We were to get him back, and that doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I also thought, uh, I know you don't like him, uh, but Jalen Phillips, I think, is a lot better on the field than when he's off. Uh, he made some big plays um, at, at, towards the end of that game, showing how fast he is. And he's very fast. I mean, he chased down Pickett on that one third down. Other than him, Pickett would have had a big first down in there, and that stopped that drive. And then, of course, he had that other sack. So, um, you know, they stepped up when they had to. The defensive line has not been putting the pressure that we want on, but um, hopefully that's going to start clicking in more. Ogba has been a shell of what he was, well, he was last an, he, year. He wasn't he didn't play yesterday. He was no, out, but he's been, a, he's been a shell, uh, oh, uh, has been oh, a yeah. shell of what he was last year. So that's a big part, I think, of it. And, and like you said, wasn't even active. Um, Sailor uh, had, you know, basically so stepped was in. What was, what was wrong with him, do you know? Uh, no, I don't, actually. Um no, I don't know. I don't know what what his reasoning for being out was. I'll check it on the break. I'm not sure. All right, let's take our quick break, and then uh, I'll check it. and have it when we come back right after this. When the autumn mist is drawing near, and you hear the whistle sound and the crowd cheer, you'll know it's that special time once again for head-to-head combat and first and ten. So follow those that are in the know and listen to Pat and Rich and the Legends Show. All episodes of the Pat Catello Show available now on iTunes. Hi, this is Larry Zonka and you're listening to the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Sponsored by Don Nottingham Associates Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance in 1975 while playing for the Miami Dolphins. He recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit online at donnottinghamins.com. Now, back to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with your host, Pat Cotello. I can see it very 
Miami Dolphins Legend Show, Pat Catella, Rich Van Zandt coming at you. We'll bring you up to the Monday Night Football game tonight, which obviously uh, has uh, Dolphins uh, watching uh, as the uh, Bears go to New England to face the Patriots. So we'll see uh, We'll see if the Patriots can continue their winning ways and, and kind of stay uh, in this uh, hunt as they have been because they've been playing with uh, third-string quarterbacks very well, and I think Mac Jones may even be returning, so we'll see how that goes. Um, the, uh, just a reminder, you can catch us uh, on iTunes. Uh, just go right to the iTunes store, and you can uh, get uh, subscribe and get our latest episodes there, uh, as well as on Blog Talk, and uh, you can send us any questions or comments, Show at yahoo.com. So, uh, Rich, I checked on Agba, and it seems like he had uh, a back injury which uh, has okay. been ailing him. So um, that's what uh, has kept him out. And he actually had that in the Minnesota game and then returned in the second half. Um, so I guess that's, you know, uh, a nagging thing there. We'll see uh, if he's okay with the Detroit game. But as I was saying, and not just, you know, from that, the, the pass rush hasn't been to where it was uh, at, at certain points last year. And we'll see if it continues um, you know, the, to get better, because it was better yesterday, certainly better yesterday, um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if that continues, because, you know, your defense is only as good as your pass rush, and I think we both agree that our linebackers are, you know, they have some issues there, and now with a banged-up secondary uh, could make things certainly challenging. Yeah, you'd like to see, like, you know, they spoke so highly about this rookie from, we never see the guy in the game. Rich, he's not even active. Like it's, it's insane. Like if he is, uh, it's really crazy how how high we thought Channing Tindall was going to be, right? And yeah. he doesn't seem to be a factor in in, in anything, uh, you know, uh, which is very surprising. I mean, he's listed, you know, uh, behind everybody. I mean, you have, you know, uh, oh, inside yeah. linebacker. You got Roberts and and, and Baker. Right, and then even when you go to Duke Riley, who's he's been doing a lot of things, and you know his name has been uh, you know mentioned a lot in games, right? And uh, and and yeah. was it a, a, a Guavin, right? That's uh, you know that you never hear anything about Tyndall, so he's behind all these oh. guys, and that's just that's just on the inside. And yeah, we're always like getting these. <laughs> You know, these guys are great that don't get on the field where they are. You know, like he was supposedly the, the fourth linebacker of Georgia. You know? Yeah. I <laughs> but mean, the only reason he was playing was how great everybody else was, you know? Well, well we didn't have a first round or a second round pick, right? So we had a third round pick. So you yeah. you got to figure going in there now, I mean, you're, you're setting up your draft board and everything that would all yeah. – 
eyes and everything on your third round pick. Like this is going to be where you make that your first round pick and you're going to really steal somebody. And the way that they talked about Tyndall, I mean, you, you really thought you were, you were coming into something here, which makes it that much yeah. more surprising that he's been uh, absolute yeah. non-factor. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know like how much you knew. Like, you know, yeah, he, they acted like he was like the steal of the draft, you know? He doesn't even get on the field. I know. Uh, and the way they talked far. about him. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm as surprised as you, uh, and uh, you know, to not even see him in, like you said, uh, you know, even in different roles on the field is is very surprising to me. It just seems to me they just been neglecting the, the linebacker position for so long between the draft and free agency that you know, it's just been like the, for some reason it's been the neglected position. We never seem to upgrade that. Yeah, well, I I see that almost as. Uh, I I see that in a sense of of they they almost think that their linebackers are better than they are. Than I mean, they are. seem yeah. to be like so so high on on so many of these you know guys, and I just I, I don't know. I mean, I've never I I understand it to some degree, but like you know the Jerome Baker, I I don't know, never been a huge Jerome Baker fan. I mean, I think he's highly overrated from the Dolphins' standpoint, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, he's our best one. That's the bad part, you know. Yes, but he's you know he was basically treated as the best one too. I mean, I, they gave I, him I contracts and as if it's not a problem. Yeah, and I guess it, that's it is my a you know, it is. yeah. You know, I look we we watched one of the best ever for you know for a long time. You know, number fifty four was their Zach Thomas. Boy, it's been a letdown since then. You know. Yeah. I mean, we took you know. We actually took that for granted, I think, a lot, but we haven't sniffed anything as good as that in a long, long time. Well, you know, Rich, I mean, I guess another thing, too, is it's always been a position of yeah. high talent at yeah. the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, it's always been the mainstay, from Bonacani to Offerdahl yeah. to Zach Thomas, right? I mean, it's always been that way. And even when it wasn't that way, it was that way, because they even got, you know, Junior Seau and Joey Porter, and they, they've just always had that position, you know, where you it was a mainstay of that defense, you know? Even when the defense has switched to 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, and, and back and forth, you know? Um, it, it, it's always been a big part of that. And, uh, and, and and obviously with the killer bees and stuff like that, when the killer bees were, were when they were really the killer bees, I mean, Brzezinski and Bowser, you know, and those guys, uh, it, it was, it, you know, it just was always an impact position, which makes it so, uh, you know, much more, I guess uh, emphasize. You know, you know, when you look at when you look at the when you look to draft a linebacker, it's not really hard to miss somebody that can play like that. You know what I mean? They're not. It's not like there's a thousand of them out there, but you can find one. You know, you can find the guy that can tackle sideline to sideline. They're, they're pretty easy. They're not hidden. You know what I'm saying? It's like if if they put their minds to it, they can get somebody. It just seems like well, you know we never get that guy. You know? Well, I kind of see it differently. I mean, I, I don't think it is easy. I think it's tough to find guys that are, you know, it's a good middle linebacker side to side like that. But I think the well, problem well, is that they're they cont- trees, But they're out there, and, you know, they're not hard to spot. Now, do you have to use a high draft pick on them? Sure. But they're out there. Mm. 
There's always a couple of them every few years, you know? I think it's more of them... You're not going to turn somebody into that. You you, you can see it right away. That's my point. I think it's more of them just being content and thinking that they had already found that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It just, you know... You know, we were in the, you know, the the defensive line, defensive back mode for like a decade, you know. That's what we draft, you know. So I think it was just a neglected area of the team. Well, I guess if they're, listen, I guess, you know, people are tuning in and they're going to say, well, we did that. We had a third round pick, which was our first round pick, and we drafted Tyndall. I mean, that's what they're going to say. I mean, we're arguing about it, but that's what they did. Yeah, I guess, but, you know, (laughs) I don't know. There's no guessing involved. That's what they did. I mean, they drafted one with their top pick. It just seems that, you know, he just hasn't. It doesn't seem to be, at least, you know, uh, coming to fruition for what, you know, we had thought. Now, listen, he's a rookie. I'm not there every day. You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, and, and so it's very hard to tell these things, and, and it's possible he will certainly come into his own. I don't know. But, you know, generally, you know, guys that are going to become what we're talking about are going to make some sort of an impact in their rookie year, one way or another, barring an injury. When they're not not dressing somebody like that, it seems to me it's a conflict with some coach that, like, they're not learning the schemes that they're they're playing out of position or not learning what they want to do. That's usually what that means. You know, sometimes they don't ever come out of that. But you don't usually see that as much from your – and I'm treating him as he's the fir- like a first-round pick from your high pick like that. You, de- you generally don't see that as much. You know, like well, you, you really look at – If he really was a first-round pick, he wouldn't be not dressing. So you think just because they didn't have it, I mean, you know, he's when you don't have a first and a second round pick and then he's your first pick, he gets a, a little bit more of a push, you know, like he gets treated as your top pick more, but it doesn't, you don't think it's translating at all to the, the treatment? No, no way. Because if he, if he really was a high first round pick, they would have to dress up because it, it, it would stand out too much. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right about that because he's certainly not uh, getting anything. You know, that would be in the press every day if that was the case. You know, how come this guy's not playing? You know, why is he not speeding up? You know? I mean, we're certainly talking about it, and we've noticed it, and this isn't the first week. Yeah, there's no question. But I understand what you're saying as far as – you know, maybe not so you know, much we're, we're from... We're talking about it, too, because our linebackers aren't that good. That's what the problem is. Like, you know, the, our linebackers aren't that good, and this guy's not playing, so what's going on? You know, that's that's my problem with it. Yes, but if, if if that's the case, you know, you would think that that would be even more the reason of him to be able to break through. Yeah. That's, you know, it's very troubling, you know. Now, how much that's going to, you know affect this defense moving forward, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, injury-wise, they seem like they've the, – the, the linebacking crew is, I guess, uh, maybe the best of the three because um, the secondary has been really banged up lately. And, you know, of course, there's uh, some defensive line injuries, but um, for the most part, uh, you know, with Van Ginkle – 
healthy now. Um, and they they seem to be pretty healthy, I would say, right? Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I don't think it's injuries. I, I just think it's you know, you know, I think it's a lack of talent to an extent. And I think, well, I'm not high on our coach, our defensive coordinator. I don't think he's anything mm-hmm. special. You know, it's funny he speaks so highly of you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a strange situation. You know, you have the same defensive coordinator from last year, but then uh, basically, uh, you know, it was Flores who was, had a problem with with him. You know, halfway through the season, and kind of took charge himself to take over. You know, when the team had not won a game, um, so that that's a little bit you know, strange, uh, and I know you've brought up on that many times, saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, how weird it was that they stayed status quo with that. Um, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is at this point. And uh, defense has been relatively, you know, uh, I guess I guess you would say they've been relatively um, – you know, they certainly haven't been great, but they've been – you know, consistent in a lot of times. The Jet game uh, was not pretty. Uh, we know that. But there's a lot of factors that went into that game. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of whether or not they're going to be able to to start playing a little bit more of what we know that they're capable of playing. And what you're starting to see now was more turnovers where we didn't get any of them, you know. This defense thrives on turnovers. If they don't get turnovers, it it, it could get very ugly, as we know. And they had three of them yesterday. Well, they were, uh, last week, they were 28th against the run and 29th against the pass. So that's not exactly good. No. No, and, and you still see, you know, some signs of that, but it seems like it's gotten, you know, better in, in some areas. But, uh, you know, they're obviously capable of playing better than they have because we've seen it last year. And I think you see some of it now. Uh, Howard is, was not healthy the last few weeks. He seems like he's much better now. I mean, he, you know, he was – very solid yesterday. Um, you know, there was nothing getting done on his side. So, uh, you know, that's a good sign, and maybe he is getting healthy again. And as far as, uh, you know, the um, the safeties and that, uh, you know, they can make big plays, as you know. Like, Holland can make big plays, and, and he did. I still, yeah, I'm still concerned with, with, with Iggy, but I'm going to, like I said, we've put you know, so much criticism on him that I'm just going to use today and, and not criticize him and, and just give him his due, you know, for that. And, and hopefully this will be a sign in the right direction um, and when you will see where that goes, you know. Um, again, they have a soft spot, if you will, in their schedule to get things, you know, more cohesive. You go into Detroit and, you know, and then you're playing – Chicago, uh, you know, so you know some of the receiving crew um, that you could be playing in this league, and you're going to be playing again in this league. So, uh, you know, we'll take it one step at a time and see where it goes, I guess. Yeah. Yep. you gotta put got to put a streak together here if you want to have any chance of, uh, you know, being in the postseason. And, and, and this uh, division is – Are we going to pick – I would think to assure you get in, it's going to take 11. 
I think, to get in. Have yeah, probably. Not with the 17 game schedule, you know. No, probably right. You're probably right. Um, and, you know, uh, and as far as this division, uh, this division is playing really good football right now. I mean, the Buffalo yep. Bills. They started after, you know, we beat them. They started pretty hard to the point where they were about to get knocked out again and somehow recovered and came back against Baltimore, and they have not looked back since then. I mean, they went into Kansas City. Um, You know, they're they're arguably the best team in football right now, so we'll see where that goes. And the Jets, uh, although, you know, you, you hate it as much as I do, are playing good football right now. They're playing very solid football in all four areas. They're running the ball good. Their defense is playing good. But they did suffer a major injury to their running back who had a 62-yard run yesterday. So that's obviously going to hurt them. But uh, on a whole, the Jets are are playing very, very good football right now. And we're going to see tonight with this Patriots because – you know, this is a big game. This all of a sudden became a big game with the Patriots, right? I mean, this was a, a team that, you know, was on the brink of, of being winless. And now now they're, you know, right back yeah. in the hunt. Yeah. So, do you know, is Mac Jones playing, playing tonight? Quarterback for two weeks. They know that they yeah. will tell you. Well, Belichick will so, say. So, we still the don't know as we're, we're no. you know, a half hour from kickoff. We still don't know. No, they were all laughing about it like it's a big joke. But like, who else could get away with that? Not saying who the quarterback is going to be. You know, it's unbelievable. So I, I, I don't, I'm not tuning in. But you, so you're saying right now on the field is he warming up with them, or no, nobody knows anything? Nobody knows anything. They, you know, Mac Jones is going to suit up, but you know, he said he's, he can play, but they're not saying if he's going to play. I mean, we're at the point now where you're taking you're taking snaps with the first team, or you're not, right? <laughs> I have no idea, dude. I have no that's I've heard this all day long, and it's still going on. They don't know who's starting. Absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yesterday now was, uh, you know, obviously a strange thing, too, as uh, Flores uh, comes back and, and met some of his old players, and there's uh, a two, uh, you know, a question regarding that. So we'll take a break, and we come back to wrap this up. We're going to talk about that and uh, the return of both Flores and Ross. This is Jake Scott. Listen to the Pacatella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Sponsored by Don Nottingham Associates Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance in 1975 while playing for the Miami Dolphins. He recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit online at donnottinghamins.com. Now, back to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with your host, Pat Cotello.
Okay, welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. Come to the final stretch here. And uh, as we said, we'll take you up to this Monday Night Football game, which uh, Richard said has uh, a lot of question marks as far as who's even going to be behind center for the New England Patriots. And uh, one of the weird areas uh, yesterday was uh, the return of their, our, our owner and our uh, previous head coach back to Miami, who are both involved in a major lawsuit and dogfight against each other. But uh, you've seen Flores come on the field and uh, was embraced by some of his old teammates, uh, some at different levels of affection. Gusecki seemed to really uh, be happy to see him. Uh, I can understand why a lot uh, with the way that he's involved here. But um, <laughs> Tua specifically was asked, did you see Brian Flores when he came, and did you have any interaction? And it was uh, a very quick, nope, just like that. Yep. So uh, I don't blame I, Safe to say, yeah. Safe to say that there's, uh, I don't want to say no love lost, but you know, it it doesn't seem to be, uh, you know. You forgot to mention the other return too. Yeah. Would they have four hundred flights coming down? I mean, it was was a home game for them. Yeah, let me tell you, it was very, very reminiscent of the '72 AFC Championship game at Pittsburgh. Yeah, at Pittsburgh. It was, it was a, a. Yellow, terrible towels running rampant throughout the stadium. Uh, uh, loud noise to where Mike Tirico said, uh, uh, where are we? Are we in Pittsburgh? Because it was that embarrassing. Um, yeah, let and, me tell you uh, that, that is indicative of, of the ownership of the last 20 years with Ross. That, like, you know, he just totally disrespected these fans so much that that's how it happens now. Is like, you know, on the 15th anniversary of the undefeated perfect season that you can't even have a majority crowd at a home game, I mean, that's embarrassing. Yeah. That's, that's Far totally from his too. fault. Wasn't even close. No, yeah, it wasn't really even fault. close, and it's going to get worse, yeah. too. So, so uh, he returns now, and, uh, you know, and that's why I say in a lot of different facets of this game, when you pull all these things in, in – in, perspective and together the victory is a big it's a big victory because it's one that i could clearly see them not getting so i'll take it where it comes and uh you hope that uh you hope that uh you know moving forward you know there is some stability uh as far as you know uh to uh and now one of the big things that was brought up i don't know if you've heard this is you know how come two is in a 24 day concussion protocol, but Kenny Pickett is in a three-day. Yeah, I can't understand. I don't know what's going on. It, it, you know, I don't think anybody can answer that, Rich. I don't think no, anybody no, can. Because they don't know. You know they're, no. they're, they're weak. First of all, when you make a rule up for one player, he's going to be scrutinized for it more than anyone. You know, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you can't just implement a rule mid-season and just like you know, you know. Now there's a spotter up top that like he's going to determine if a guy's hurt or not. Isn't the whole point of you know examining him like face to face? Well, there's always been a spotter. Been a spotter. There's, there's always been a spotter up top. That, that's nothing yeah, new. I got that part, but now he has more control than the guy that's actually examining him. 
Well, it's not so much that he has more control. He's still going to do his job to pick him out. What's different now is that basically if you pass everything, it's not going to matter, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, you can pass, you you can pass everything. If the spotter says there's something wrong, you're gone. That's the problem, you know? Well, it's not like the spotter comes back down. Spotter's up there. The spotter themes of what he saw looks like a concussion. It doesn't matter what the protocol is. Which has been going on for a while. That has not changed. The the spotter has always done that. I mean, we've seen games where guys were picked out of the lineup, remember? We've seen Monday night games last year. The guy gets called out because the spotter's seen something, and then he has to go in that thing. And then he, he returns. Now the spotter, the spotter can deem him out, though. The spotter. I don't can think the spotter can. Discussion. Yes, he can. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he can deem him out if you see. That's what happened with Bridgewater. He had no signs of a concussion. He passed every test, but the spotter right. said he wobbled, and that was it. He was gone. Well, not that he. Yeah, I mean, he, like so. Basically, the spotter could see like Tua. And when he when he went down in his fingers or whatever, or in the initial one uh, hit or something like that, which which doesn't make sense. Then why are you going through the whole, you know, protocol in the sense to the return? Has you know, more power than the guy actually examining well, them. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, well, it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Well, why have a neurosurgeon there if you can have a guy in the booth that's going to make the final decision? It doesn't make any sense at all. It's, yeah, over, I don't, you know, it's, over, it's an overreaction to a bad look, you know. And, and they're still saying, like, they still implicate that, like, Tua had a concussion against Buffalo, which he did because he got examined nine times. The guy came back into the game, won the game, and, and had a fluent conversation throughout the game and after and post-game. So uh, th- there was never a concussion in that one. I don't care what anybody's going to say. He stumbled after he got hit and his back locked up. That's it. That's, that's yeah, what there was no concussion. Yeah, I, so stop, I, I, you know, that's, stop with the myth that he had one. Because, because like, Chris Collinsworth thinks he had one? I mean, come no, on. But, but, so listen, yes, but clearly I said it to you when it happened. So I'm not going to go the other way around. I said it to yeah. you when we got into it. He got his bell wrong. I don't care what anybody says. He's shaking his head after that. Watch it again. He's shaking his head to get cobwebs out. Then he starts walking, and and he collapses. Now, if you want to attribute that to the back injury, so be it. But then as he's going off the field, he's shaking his head. Every every few feet, he's shaking his head to get cobwebs out. So he got his bell wrong. Now, whether or not he had a concussion, I'm not going to say that, but he definitely got his bell wrong in addition to whatever they're saying with the back injury. I bumped my head at times were hurt and you're shaking your head but it's not a concussion you know fine. You get a that's fine head without a concussion. That's, that's fine so, but don't know, dismiss it to be a non-head injury is my point no, they're dismissing it to be a non-head injury and it was a head well, injury here now, you go well, here, maybe, it, well, maybe it is back in lockup maybe that's why he stumbled yes maybe, maybe it did it, but know, he still had a head injury but he still but got saying, clocked in the head I seen him go I down on it I see you have guys who know nothing about medicine telling you that they're watching it as far away as we are that he had a concussion. And the doctor screwed up. And that's not the case. Right. I understand. I I got where you're coming from. The doctor doctor who got fired? It's ridiculous. The guy's a neurosurgeon that worked for the league. Like, what, what, what agenda would he have to keep the guy out? 
Yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying on all those points, and that's fine. But my point is, don't don't say that it was just a back injury, because he got his head wrong. I seen his head go back. You seen it smash on the grass. And I said to you, I said, Rich, he, I said, Rich, he got knocked out. What do you mean? You said? I said, Rich, I seen his head smash on there, and he and he's he got up and he's shaking. I said, I think he got knocked out, and and so if it turns out that that is a back injury and maybe he didn't have a concussion and he passed it, that's fine. But he definitely still had a head injury of some sort, and there's no way you're going to tell me that he didn't. Now, whether or not that was a concussion, he passed all the protocols, he came back, he won the game, he talked fluently, so, you know, maybe he just got knocked out. Maybe he just got yeah. his bell wrong. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Boxers get knocked out. I mean, you get knocked down, you know, I mean, you don't have to necessarily get a concussion. And now they say, well, his fingers kind of curled up on that, and they, that, that's what they're saying now. If you look at the Buffalo game, his fingers went in a weird way as well. Uh, not as much as in the Cincinnati, but clearly in a in a way, and and that's why the spotter yeah, takes precedent over it. That's where this is coming from now. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if I'm going that far. Yeah, that's silly. Um, Jets just traded for James Robinson or the Jaguars running back. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a big you know big loss for them, and you know now they're going to try to what do they give up? Do you know? Doesn't say. Just said that they just made the deal for him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't imagine he'd have to go that much. Um, and uh, I guess the other, while we're going around the uh, the other uh, teams and stuff, uh, Ellinger now is going to start for uh, for um, the Colts, and supposedly now uh, Matt Ryan is at uh, Ryan bench for the entire season. For the rest of the season. Yeah. Right. Wow. That, that Which is just, what, what does that mean, years. though? What does that mean, though? That's such a strange thing, bench for the rest of the year. What does that mean? What if Ellinger gets hurt that next means game? If this guy gets hurt, he's back in. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, right? I mean, yeah, yep. he he lost his starting role, but like the way they say that, it's kind of so strange, bench for the rest of it's the a, season. It's a way of saying that he's been a big disappointment and we're mad at him, so we're going to make him look bad. That's basically what I it is. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, no, I guess so. That you can't just keep picking up forty-year-old quarterbacks off the waiver wire and think that's how you're going to solve your quarterback problem. You know, it just took them like three guys to realize this. Well, Rivers, (laughs) Rivers last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh no, the Wentz was in between. He's not forty. But but three waiver wire. Oh, Wentz was last year. Wentz was last year. Last year, Rivers. Yeah, Rivers was a year before. Gotcha. So two gotcha. out of three 40-year-old guys. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. I, Rivers, Rivers was, wasn't was as bad as this guy. This guy's terrible, Ryan. You know? Yeah, he's been bad. No, he's been bad. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, he's uh, the guy's been around a long time, you know? He's been around a yeah. long time. He's got a he's got a Hall of Fame type resume. So, you know, he's not like he has, you know he's forty years old. He's been an MVP yeah. of this league. That's what it Went is. Went to a yeah. Super Bowl. Was forty. Yeah. Forty. What was it? Whatever it was to to three in the Super Bowl twenty eight to three. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was uh, bad. You know, so. Yeah, it was, it was. You know, that's one of the reasons he's not gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Was the end of that game. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of these quarterbacks are going to shake out when it comes to that. 
because you have a bunch of them. You know, you have Rivers, you have well, I think Rivers, Rivers Romo, Ryan. Yeah, Romo, I would never put in. I would never put Romo or Rivers in. But I think Rivers goes, Romo doesn't. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And uh, and Matt Ryan will be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting because there's a lot of numbers there too. And uh, peak in their peak. I mean, who do you want in their peak? Rivers or Ryan? It's tough. I don't know. I mean, Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers, all these great years, but me and you watched every playoff game after that, right? I know. This guy had the best teams that you can possibly have, the most stacked teams. Not a fan of either one of them, you know, so. Yeah. 14 and 2. I really would want either one of them, you know. Tomlinson, Seau, Antonio Gates. I mean, these teams were stacked, and all we had to do was watch New England and Pittsburgh every year go through the Super Bowl through them. (laughs) <laughs> yep. So, you know, that's a stigma, too. To the, to <laughs> who was the quarterback against, against Steve Young? What was his name? Humphreys. Stan Humphreys. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was one of the, the worst Super Bowl quarterbacks of all time, right? He's up in the yeah. top five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I certainly. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah. <laughs> it'll... it'll, it'll <laughs> An interesting yeah, take, for really, sure. I I couldn't get to the Super Bowl, but Stan Humphries got there. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> not just got there, but got there through us, through me. Yeah, you know, right? I mean, yeah, that's a rough loss. That's 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 a rough one. There's no doubt about that. That safety. <laughs> that safety was big. <laughs> good, thing was re- good thing those were refundable plane tickets we ordered at that time, right? For wow. Pittsburgh. <laughs> wow. You have to bring this up, right? I was having I was having a good, good show. Everything was nice. <laughs> now I'm, I'm PTSD now. Jeez. <laughs> wow. We're going oh, to Pittsburgh. We're going to Pittsburgh. We're not going to Pittsburgh. We're not going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. 46 wide right. Yeah. 46 wide right. Why we went through the bomb to Tony Martin before that. It's beyond belief. We got, we got, we got, we got to the 31 yard line and never moved an inch. No. No. We didn't move an inch. Not an inch. Nope. Not an inch, but he just like couldn't get, couldn't get five, ten more yards for this guy, right? Oh, my you know? goodness, you it gotta, was terrible. You got to throw a freaking prayer to Tony Martin and hit off his chest. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, that's our show, everybody. We'll see you next week and hope the winning race continues. Take care of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. Took a look down a westbound road, right away I made my choice. Headed out to my big two-wheeler, I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the northern plains and just rolled that power on. 
Walked out 